your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Ellos for Penguins, and thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. Your Pittsburgh Penguins finally get back on the winning side of things, a 3-2 to two shootout victory. Yes, you heard me right, a shootout victory for the first time. Actually, not the first time. Actually, no, is this the first time? Yeah, I think it is the first time this season that the Penguins have won a shootout. I almost thought that the game against the Flyers was a shootout until I remember that uh, Crystal Tang won it in overtime, but this was their first Shootout victory of the season, a victory that they badly needed. That is now, <clears throat> excuse me, in their last uh, four games, I want to say they've gotten six out of eight points, if I believe that sounds right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because the wins against the Flyers and the Panthers, and then they dropped the two games to Minnesota, which, you know, they should have won a regulation, and then the one to Chicago in a shootout as well. So six out of eight points, they're... They're treading water, which is exactly what you want them to do as, you know, reinforcements are still coming. I mean, the Islanders just dropped a 4-0 game to the Devils tonight. And the Islanders, I believe, are in last place in the Metropolitan Division right now. So um, probably a ways away to start worrying about them. You know, they always tend to heat heat up, you know, December, January. So, you know, I'm sure their fans are just as fine as well. But So this was a big victory. I think my number one storyline tonight Again, you know, the play of Tristan Jari, he was just magnificent yet again. And this time it carried over to the shootout. He saved three out of four attempts um, on the Panthers. I believe the only one that scored was Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, Just, you know, when the Penguins needed him most tonight, he delivered. And I hope that's the start of him, you know, turning some more people to his side. Because again, you know, overall, even going into this shootout, he was ridiculous. 29 saves on 31 shots. The expected goals against was 2.07 for him. He had a 9.35 save percentage. Um, all seven high danger shots he faced were all saves. Um, medium uh, shots against, he had nine saves on 11. So only gave up two goals there. Then low danger saved all 12 of those as well. So he was just awesome tonight and continues to be really great for the Penguins this season. There's actually a stat I just saw here. So um, Jari has played 10 games for the team this season. He's only given up more than two goals three times in six of those 10 games. He's 930 or better. He's only given up 23 total goals in 10 games. That He is eighth in goals against average, 929 save percentage, which is also eighth in the league in goals saved above expected. I believe he is uh, close to the top 10, if not in the top 10. Just what a performance that he has put up so far. You know, again, I know a lot of it has to probably do with Andy Kyoto with being a different goalie coach, but you know, he's just been more aggressive. His movement has been much better. He's still not playing as deep in the crease as he normally has. I still have noticed it a bit at times, but overall, um, I think he's been arguably their best player this season. You can easily make an argument that he has been their best player. And, you know, I would not bat an eye to it. I think, you know, Chris Letang has definitely a say with that. I think Marcus Pedersen has also been arguably their best player. Jeff Carter has been really good. But, you know, if you probably were asking me if I had to pick one of those guys, um, I would say Tristan Jari. And, you know, if he continues to play like this, if this team ever does get fully healthy, I'm going to keep saying this. They're going to be a really scary team, um, you know, come January, come February, come March, come April. Obviously, you know, 
all eyes are going to be on him if this team does make the playoffs because that's where the real redemption is. But so far this season, we're what? About a full month into it. He has been their best player and one of the best goaltenders in the league as well. So just another great game from him. Chris Letang tonight. I mean, what more, what more can you say? He did kind of that spin-around move to set up Teddy Bluger for the game's opening goal. Kind of reminded me of that 2016 play against the Sharks in Game 6 where he just basically owned all five, five Sharks players on the ice, which led to the Penguins winning the Cup with that game-winning goal. Um, I know this time, you know, he was setting up Teddy Blucher. You know, I know Latang was able to score that goal in 2016. But it was just vintage Latang. I don't know how he continues to be this good. But, you know, it's Chris Latang. I guess he gets better with age. And he tr- put together another magnificent performance, I thought, as well. I think another big takeaway tonight, I am so sick and tired. You know, this has nothing to do with the Penguins. I think this has everything to do with the league. Um, I am so sick and tired of watching shootouts. I mean... I think it's a BS way to decide a game. I think you should probably play five, uh, not five on five, three on three for another five minutes to see what happens. I understand some players may be gassed, but it's so much better than just having the game be decided by a freaking skills competition. I'd rather just bring back a freaking tie than just watch, you know, the same players over and over again just come down on a little breakaway and decide a game through that way. You know, I think a lot of that, well, I shouldn't say a lot of it. You know, I, I definitely think a bit of it is luck. But, you know, I think hockey of the four major sports is the most luck-driven of those four sports. But I'm tired of seeing all these three-on-threes go to shootouts. And this has definitely, I think, been an outlier this season because especially with the Penguins, you know, they don't usually play many shootouts. You know, I, I remember there's a couple articles, I think, from the beat reporters the last couple of years that talked about how, you know, the, the Penguins don't practice the shootout that much because they don't play in it. Well, I think they're going to have to keep practicing the shootout a lot more considering this is the third freaking straight game that they've played in the shootout. I believe this was their... If I'm not mistaken, their fourth shootout of the year already. We are, uh, what, 11 games in? You're telling me four out of the 11 have gone to shootouts? I think last year, did they even have four games go to shootouts? I know it was not above six. I'll have to double check that number. But there were not many of their games that went past the three-on-three overtime. Just because, I will also say this, the Penguins were so good at winning in the three-on-three because they had, you know, Cindy Crosby go out there all the time. They had Gino when he was healthy. They had their full complement of players this year. You know, Sid's only played one game. Gino hasn't played yet. You know, Jake Gensel's been hurt for a bunch. Brian Russ has been hurt for a bunch. They haven't been able to put out, you know, those same threes that you saw last year, you know, due to the injuries and due to the COVID. So I think that is also playing, you know, a bit of a part into it with why you're seeing a lot of these games go to shootouts. Um, I personally, you know, I hate it. I know a lot of people in the fan base hate it. Um, I think almost everyone should, should hate the game going to a shootout. I think it's a BS way to decide the game. I know there's going to be some people out there that like to shoot out. You know, again, hard pass for me, but I wanted to nail that point home in this first segment of today's episode because I am really sick and tired of seeing these games be decided by just a freaking skills competition. I love three-on-three. I think, you know, I love to dump on the NHL for many things. I think it's a terribly run league with, you know, just a whole bunch of garbage. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that they did get right was implementing the three-on-three from four-on-four, you know. And I liked four-on-four, you know. You know, a lot of the games were decided by that. But with three-on-three, the ice is just so much more open. You saw there were some good chances tonight, but also, you know, the Penguins have been dumbing it down a little bit. That's expected just because of who's out. But, you know, I'm just – I really – if I didn't see another shootout for the rest of the season, 
I would celebrate a whole lot. So I'm just, I'm kind of sick and tired of that. That's for sure. Um, one more big point I wanted to nail home before we do get into our next commercial break or the first commercial break, I should say. Evan Rodriguez, he gets the second goal of the game tonight. Um, what a performance that he has turned in this season. I believe that was his fourth goal. And, you know, I tweeted this during the game when I was watching it. I had a lot of weirdos come at me during last season and the offseason saying, Hunter, you know, Evan Rodriguez sucks. He's nothing more than a 13th forward. He's not going to do anything for this team, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, well, I hope that crow is tasting pretty good. You know, I've already seen um, Mad Chad from the Chad and Eddie show of DK Pittsburgh Sports come out and say he's eating crow. You know, Chad, if you're listening to this episode, welcome to the resistance. He was not in my mentions for some, uh, for the people that I am talking about. You know, I honestly think Chad is one of the best hockey minds out there. Also, go listen to his show after you finish mine if you do like that show. But overall, um, you know, he's been really good defensively. And you're seeing how good offensively he is as well. Just a great shot that he beat Bobrovsky on there on a little mini breakaway. When I believe, what, below the glove, um, if I remember correctly. I don't even know why I'm saying if I remember correctly. I mean, I watched the freaking clip. So yeah, just a great shot there. And you can see how much that meant to him just because of the celebration that he had. So, uh, and also that made up for what he did earlier, which basically sprung the Panthers on a 2-1-0 just because there was a turnover, I think, close to the blue line on the power play. The Penguins actually... Um, had a pretty good power play for most of the night. It's just they're not finishing these chances. I know a lot of it has to do with the Stars being out, but I also talked about on my last episode where I think that they were not getting high-quality chances due to the shots that they were taking. That was definitely changed, I thought, a bit tonight. I'll go into that a little bit um, coming up here in this next segment, but I wanted to shout out Evan Rodriguez for another really strong performance, and I think when this team... Excuse me. If this team does get healthy... He should be the 12th forward. He's been really good to, to start the season. And he also now is tied for the team league in goal, team lead in goals with four along with Denton Heinen. Um, if you were saying that was going to be the case before the season started, um, you are lying. Point blank, you are a liar. So, um, again, just shout out to him. Another great performance, and I can't wait to see what he does moving forward. Overall, just a huge win for Pittsburgh tonight. I talked about it on my last episode as well. They have to start banking points. I know there's so many players, you know, just with COVID, with injuries, but, you know, they were able to get a couple back tonight. Well, at least for a little bit. Trevor Weedle come, comes back. Marcus Patterson does come back, and then he leaves the game in the first period due to an injury, and then he doesn't return. So hopefully that's not too serious. He didn't, again, he didn't return. Todd Reardon did say he's getting evaluated. So we'll have to see what happens on that front. So another soul for a soul kind of thing with the Penguins there. But that's also, again, six out of eight points these last four games. You easily could make the argument that they should be on a four-game winning streak right now. They should have They should have at least seven out of these eight points, in my opinion. But they're doing what they need to do in order to get you know the big guys back. They're, they're staying in it. I believe they're only, what, two points out of the playoff spot right now. I know the Metro is really tight right now. It's expected just because it's the first month in. But as the season progresses, you're going to start to see the top teams separate themselves from the pack. Again, I touched on this a few minutes ago. The New York Islanders are in last place right now. It is a month in. Does anyone expect that to be the case when the season ends? No. They will more than likely be a playoff team. Barry Trotz is a great coach. He will have that team ready to go. And same when Mike Sullivan comes back from COVID. And hopefully Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin come back here sooner rather than later. I will also have an update on that coming up in the next segment, as well as going over what I saw in the shootout. So a lot more to get to for today's episode 
of Locked On Penguins. Before we do that, though, Bet Online is back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and that means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at underscore Penguins. And again, you know, I, I, I did want to say this as well before I get further into it. I apologize, you know, for you know breaking that streak of having you know three straight weeks of um, all everyday episodes. It has just been a very hectic week with a new job and everything. I promise you that is not going to be the norm going forward. You know, I'll have another episode tomorrow. We will be back to fully daily episodes the rest of the season. I'm not going to be missing an episode unless something, you know, drastic happens. So I wanted to touch on that. You know, I don't want to lose any of you all or anything like that. I love doing this. I love talking about this team with you all. And I especially love, you know, when you all tweet at me on both Twitter accounts. It just, it means the world to me that you all just want to talk hockey with this just insane hockey team. But overall, so we get to the shootout. Uh, not going to lie, you know, I was expecting a loss. I saw some people on Penguins Twitter already congratulating the Panthers on the win. I hope those tweets were deleted or they're just going to be used for old takes exposed. Um, I, I think the big thing is, you know, with Gensel and, and, and Latang, um, obviously shootouts go out the window in the postseason, so who, who get really gives a crap, right? But uh, I kind of would have wished Todd Reardon went with someone else to start. Um, I know it all worked out in the end, but, you know, Jake Gensel is just not feeling it right now, I guess. In the shootout, Chris Letang really only has that vaunted move. And then, you know, they were able to get two big goals from Brian Russ and Jeff Carter. Fun fact, Brian Russ is four for four in shootout attempts. So why not just start with him <laughs> um, first? You know, whenever Mike Sullivan comes back um, and this team goes to another shootout, God willing, they don't. Um, I think he should be the one to start. I mean, that's just, I think, too easy at this point. He knows what he's doing in that. You know, Letang has not been too good in shootouts this season. I know Gensel is able to, I think, to score... One goal in the shootout, but you know, overall, I just think he's been kind of, you know, not doing what he normally does in that situation. And I love what Jeff Carter did—just a beautiful backhand forehand move on Bobrovsky. He fooled him so bad it wasn't even funny. He took his lunch money. Um, just an awesome play there. And then you know, Tristan Jari, you know, I, I, myself included. I know everyone else was feeling this as well. I thought he was going to give up at least two out of three goals. The fact that he made three out of four saves—just awesome. He was really tracking the puck well. I saw, especially on Barkov, he stayed right with him, was able to make a key save there. And then the last one, I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it what, Lindell, Lindell, something like that? First thing that popped to my mind was Essa Lindell. But I also know he's not on the Panthers. He's on the Dallas Stars. But he has a very similar name uh, to Essa Lindell. But that was just a huge save there. I remember, you know, when I when I saw Carter score, I'm like, okay, this is when Jari is It's just going to be the same thing as Minnesota right? with Gabriel Kaprizov coming in and just tying it. And then the Penguins lose another round after that. Nope, Tristan Jari slams the door shut. You you saw he had a nice, decent celebration there. Um, he was fired up just because I know he had that kind of that bad quote to the media. You know, the player or the shooter has the advantage, you know, just because like you're going up against the best players in the world. Yes, Tristan, I understand you are going up against the best players in the world, but you are allowed to make a save. He did exactly that tonight. 
And now, if I'm not mistaken, he is, if I do my math correctly here, it, it is 8 out of 14 uh, for shootout attempts this season. So allowed 8 and has saved 6. Still pretty bad numbers, but, you know, progress is progress. That was big for him, and got, he got the Penguins that extra point and has been their MVP to date. I thought that overtime, um, the penalty that you saw on Jake Gensel, they're going to call that every time. You know, he definitely, I think, Ram Bobrovsky, I know some people are not going to like it. It's probably, you know, a bit of a weird rule, but, you know, that's how the league is going to call it every single time. I was not surprised. But, you know, another magnificent job in the penalty kill. I believe that was three for three tonight against one of the better power plays in the league. Pittsburgh's PK is still number one overall in the league. It has just been a night and day difference from last year compared to this year where, you know, the unit was really bad. They weren't getting clears. They weren't blocking some shots. And, and also the goalie wasn't bailing them out. Now you have them getting a lot of clears, getting, you know, sticks and bodies into shooting lanes. And the goalie is also making a lot of saves. You know, that just goes such a long way with how good your penalty kill can be. So that I think has been a huge difference this season for Pittsburgh with why they've been able to stay in so many games because they've only given up, I believe the number is two or three power play goals through 11 games. I, I think it's one of those two. I'm pretty sure it's three. Um, it's not more than three, I can say that, but um, just another wonderful job in the Penguins PK this season, especially in that, you know, that four on three in overtime. The Panthers put out, you know, Barkov and Huberdo and Ekblad and Reinhardt. You know, they can put out a lot of talent out there, and the way the Penguins were able to kill that off was nothing short of awesome. Patrick Hornquist's um, video ceremony tonight, I, I won't lie, you know, I came very close to tearing up a little bit just when I watched it. Um, one of the best players to ever play for this team during the Sid and Gino era. Also one of the most important players to ever play for this team during that era. You can tell he really appreciated it just because PBG gave him a thunderous ovation, and rightfully so. Um, he did so much for this team while he was there. You know, the overtime winner against Washington, the Stanley Cup clincher against Nashville, his former team, so many other big goals and just he was always a menace to play against, especially in the front of the net. I always know he would piss off Capitals fans and everyone of that nature. I will always say um, I have no idea why Jim Rutherford decided to make that deal. It was just, I think, making a trade for the sake of making a trade. And I remember the funniest part about that deal was that <laughs> – I'm laughing while I'm talking about it. Rutherford comes out to the media and says, yeah, we saved salary on that. I'm like – Jim, you added like almost close to a million in salary, and he was basically just like, "Oh, he he literally had no idea why he made the trade, and then I had no idea he didn't even calculate the math part into it. It was just a, just a tire fire of a press conference, and just again goes to show that he really had no idea what he was doing after this team won those back to back Stanley Cups. It's just a total moron but hey you know he's not here anymore but i just wanted to you know shout out patrick hornquist what a player he was for this organization and i'm really glad that ppg gave him quite the ovation in his return to pittsburgh um i also will say this it looks like we will get some reinforcements back at some point this weekend i think Cindy crosby and brian jumlin are expected to be off the covid protocol by saturday and i think mike sullivan potentially will be by then as well so that is what i will leave you all with going in to this last segment of the locked on penguins podcast we still have a little more to get to so stick with me through this next commercial break all right welcome back to this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow this show's twitter at lo underscore penguins so 
I know I said I would briefly touch on the special teams aspect, well, power play, at least, if I wanted to be more specific. Um, I really liked what I saw tonight, you know, from the first unit, especially I thought the puck movement was really crisp. They were actually getting to, you know, the high danger areas. Bobrovsky was up equally up to the task. He was making a lot of, again, 10 bell saves on that power on those power plays. And, you know, th- th- it was just something that the Penguins had not been doing a lot just these last few games. And again, I've said this so many times on my last few episodes. I've expected the power play to not be that good when they can't ice the same quintet that they normally do. But I still expect the power play to get a goal here or there. But they just haven't done that now in, what, close to over a week or something like that. And they just, a big reason for that, they haven't been getting to those high danger scoring areas, you know, that slot area right in front of the net off also. And I also think the puck movement has also not been great either. You know, they haven't been able to set it up well. I thought tonight everything was much better. They just couldn't find the back of the net. If they continue to do this um, while the big guns are out, I think eventually they will start to score a goal or two on the power play. You know, there's there's some pretty good talent that can be on this unit, you know, with Jake Ensel and Chris Letang, Kasperi Kapanen, Brian Russ, you know, you can throw out Mike Matheson there if you want, John Marino if he wants to run that unit, but you know, he usually runs the second unit as well. But there is some serious talent that the Penguins can trot out onto their main advantage. It's just, you know, they haven't been, you know, making teams pay for it just yet. Obviously, this percentage is going to go up a lot higher when Evgeny Malkin and Cindy Crosby come back. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, I know I touched on it a little bit earlier. No really big update on Marcus Pedersen just yet. Tar Reardon said that he is being evaluated as we speak. Um, I think the team practices tomorrow. Uh, the Penguins do have a big road trip this weekend. I believe 11 of their next 14 games are on the road. Saturday, they will be in Ottawa. Um, Ottawa has a huge COVID outbreak going on right now. I believe eight or nine players have tested positive. One of them, I believe, is Matt Murray, so he will not be playing in that game if that game is played at all. I also think a coach is out for them. Um, Definitely not the team that the Penguins want to play just because they're just hopefully finishing up their outbreak. You know, knock on wood, which is what I just did. Um, There has not been another positive test since last week when Mike Sullivan went on the COVID list. Um, and, and player-wise, there's not been a positive test since Dumoulin and Crosby were confirmed positives. So hopefully the Penguins are out of this. But, you know, the last thing I want to see is them going to Ottawa and then over half the team test positive. That just it, it just would be the worst nightmare, I think, in the world. Um, and then Sunday they will host oh, – they will not host. They will go to Washington to play the Capitals. I believe that is an evening game. Funny thing is I was potentially going to go to that game – but I will be in Pittsburgh to go to the Steelers game that day. So if the if the Penguins were actually playing Washington in Pittsburgh, I probably would have opted to go to that game just because, you know, the Steelers are playing the 0-8 Lions and suffering through that is going to be something just because I feel like, you know, it's, it, there's about 500 heart attacks with the Steelers game. But I, I, do, I will say at some point I am hoping to come up for one to two Penguins games. This season, you know, if tickets aren't too bad or anything like that, but, you know, they're really not that pricey right now anyway i'm trying to think of other things that i have here on my notes that i did not discuss um if we look at the overall underlying numbers tonight um the penguins only had 41.8 percent of the uh, the shot attempts at 5v5 uh, only 43.7 percent of the scoring chances for high danger they did lead the way with 52.9 percent of those 
Um, the total expected goals for 43.3 for Pittsburgh, 56.6 for Florida. Expected goals for 2.07 for Florida, 1.59. So um, a little close there. Overall, um, the Panthers did have the better of the play at 5v5. Um, all situations, it got a little bit better. 46.2% of the shot attempts for the Penguins. Scoring chances for 51.4 for Florida, 48.5% for the Penguins. Um, they did lead in high danger, though, with 60% of the high danger chances. Um, expected goals for 2.88 for the Penguins, 3.36 for Florida. Um, this game was setting up to kind of you know be a track meet, especially in that first period, because I didn't think both teams were playing good defensively at all. I mean... The Penguins were giving up quite a few on-man rushes. The Panthers were giving up quite a few on-man rushes. I was honestly surprised that it was not like 3-2 to two at like the halfway point of the first period just because of how both teams were playing. It was just, again, a total track meet. Defense was optional. It was almost like watching the Edmonton Oilers play themselves just because there's never any defense when that team plays, you know, whoever they play, um, I, I should say. So, um, again, overall... Big win for this team. They get two crucial points in the standings, and hopefully we'll get some more reinforcements as the weekend gets closer. Ron Hextall went on uh, the GM show with Josh Getzov, a friend of the podcast, of course, and he did confirm that it sounds like Dumoulin and Crosby will be out of COVID protocol by Saturday. I would expect them to hopefully start skating tomorrow. Best case scenario, if they're back at practice, that would be great. Um, Saturday, though, for sure, if they're not on that road trip, I'm sure they will be skating um, back in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure when they're going to play. I know Ruido and Pedersen, they got to play right away. Um, I'm sure Sid is going to want to just jump back right into the action whenever he can, and I'm sure Brian Dumont feels the same as well. Um, I will have another episode for you all. On Friday, it will preview the weekend games against the Senators and the Capitals. We'll catch up with both of those opponents, see how they've done this season. I know the Capitals are off to a pretty decent start, despite being banged up. The Senators have been okay, but you know we'll dive into those uh, two preview matchups uh, for Friday's episode and some other practice notes and nuggets as well. So again, thank you all so much for listening to this one, and we will have another episode for you all on Friday.